Ringer Dish is the place for all things celebrity, from major celebrity moments like the Met Gala and the Oscars, to the weird habits of the stars you love, to refreshers on the biggest tabloid stories from the last 20 years, Ringer Dish has all the vital details. On Tuesdays, catch Jam Session with Juliet Littman and Amanda Dobbins for Royal Family Rumors, Celebrity Real Estate, and Industry Analysis. And on Fridays, listen to Tea Time with me, Kate, and Amelia for lightning fast coverage on pressing celebrity news and gossip. Check out Ringer Dish on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a very delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Taxes and Bananas podcast. This is episode two of 2022. You know what's crazy? The year 22 was 2,000 years ago. Let that sink in for a second. <laughs> um, all right. Now, here's the deal. Uh, we're kind of in between. We're in like a... Uh, we're in like a purgatory stage, I feel like, right now with challenges because uh, we just had two of them end. All-stars and... Um, spies lies and allies so we're kind of in this like interim stage before the next one starts so i'm like what better way to fill the space what better way to keep the fans involved than to start doing what i like to think of as like hall of fame challenge episodes all right bring on fan favorites bring on some of the most dominant names that have ever graced the challenge the, the the challenge television screen and i don't think there's any argument that when it comes to dominant challengers uh, that my next guest totally fits the bill. First ballot Hall of Famer. Challengers fear her. Fans cheer her. And animals just want to be near her. I'm talking about my friend Laurel Stuckey from veteran to veterinarian. Give it up. Like oh my intro? gosh, Johnny. That's that a good intro? You're so good at this. <laughs> Hey, man, I've done a few episodes. I wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing before I had you on, because I know when you wrinkle your eyebrows, you can get very judgmental sometimes. So I just wanted to make sure, Laurel, that I had it all, <laughs> all set for you. Well, good job. Yeah, you're doing really good at this podcast thing. I'm impressed. That takes, you know, work and people don't think that. So, I mean, congrats. What do you think is more difficult, Laurel? Do you think doing a entertaining podcast or doing open heart surgery on a squirrel? Well, it was on a dog that we did open heart <laughs> surgery, but, um, honestly, 
It's okay. You can say the surgery. I get it. <laughs> I was going to say the podcast, but no. it's not, it's not that big of a deal. It's just the, it's just the anxiety that comes with, uh, an audience. That's the weird thing that I find is, um, more difficult than the other stuff. Cause I enjoy that. Are, when you say audience, you talk about an audience like here, like listening to you, or you talk about like an audience watching you like do stuff with the scalpel. I'm talking about an audience like of the show or really the audience of the internet. Let's say okay. that gives me a lot of anxiety. Does it? Well, you yeah. handle it. You handle it. Well, Laurel, I got to say you have, you have over the seasons been absolutely uh, masterful at dealing with some very difficult people. Um, you've obviously had your fair share of, you know, dust ups with with both, you know, challengers and fans alike. And I think that you've handled it uh, with grace and you've done it in a lot better way than 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 um, a lot of other people who've been in that situations where most people would crumble. Uh, Laurel, in the past, I feel like you've managed to. um take on the chin and just, and take it in stride. So that's always been something I'm very impressed with you about. Thanks, Johnny. That's nice. Yeah. On the inside, it's fucking chaos though. I know. I say the same <laughs> thing all the time. I'm like, don't let what's going on outside fool you. I am dying on the inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I guess that's what it's all about. Cause as long as it doesn't come out, then no big deal. You know, what gets them every time Laurel be unbothered. <laughs> and if you're not give off the appearance that you're unbothered. Okay. You know what? It's funny that you say that because guess who told me that? And when I did my very first season, it's going to be an easy guess. Kenny. Yeah. Kenny was like, all right, I'm taking you under my wing and you don't have to worry about all these motherfuckers that are going to be causing trouble. He's like, I just want you to show up as long as you show up yep. and give it all you've got. That's all I ask of you. He was like, never let them see you sweat. And so I just would sit upstairs and I'd read a book and they would be like talking shit about me and mm -hmm you know, saying like that, I think that I'm too good for everyone and that this and this and that. And now I realize that it was just, they were trying to break me down. And I mean, it worked a little bit, but it made me more angry and mm -hmm. that doesn't work in their favor. And you know what I've always, when, when people, the majority of the time, when people are trying to get you to snap, when people are talking shit, when people are being negative, that's more of a reflection on them than it is on you. And if you are getting under people's skin, especially on the challenge, you're, you're, you're doing something right. Again, especially coming in your first season, you and Kenny had an absolutely dominant season on Fresh Meat too. I mean, I don't Except know if Except we shit the fucking bed. I, I wouldn't say you shit the bed. I mean, you went up again. I mean, that, that, that final was insane, dude. And you had Landon literally pushing Carly up the mountain with his head. I mean, listen, you guys, for, for your first season, Laurel, I was sent home first on my first season. The fact that you dominated the season the way that you did and made it to a final season, your first season, that says a lot about you and, you know, just uh, your ability to be on the challenge. So Fresh Meat 2 was your first season. How would you rank Fresh Meat 2 with some of the other, like, rookie seasons? Fresh Meat 1, War of the Worlds, as far as just, like, standout cast members that came off of Fresh Meat 2? Oh, I definitely think Fresh Meat 1 was a huge one. We got Evelyn. We got Kenny. Mm -hmm. We got Evan. Coral was not a new feature, but I mean, she's fucking amazing. 
We had Diem come in. Downtown Diem Brown. Yeah. I mean, they know how to, they knew how to cast. I think that was probably, there have been some like over the years, including the real world, um, there have been some really great casting selections. And I wonder like why they don't get those people to cast every single time because I don't know what's happening with like those types of personalities. Like, you know, of the people that I just mentioned, like, where are those people now? So I actually had this discussion with Mark the other day and we were trying to figure out the exact same thing. And one, I feel like they just don't make them like they used to anymore. I think our generation, I think when we came up, especially when it came to just what was on television, uh, how reality television worked, the grittiness of reality television, the fact that social media did not exist. Okay. You didn't have quote unquote influencers who already had some sort of a following or some sort of a character identity they wanted to like bring on the show. Okay. You had people who were coming on for like the love of the game and for, and, and they didn't really know what they were getting themselves involved to. I feel like at that time, reality television was still like a social experiment. Um, there's that. But then when it, like you, when you mentioned casting, you tried out for the real world, right? Yeah. So the thing about everyone that was on Fresh Meat One, Kenny, Evan, Diem, Evelyn, you, you guys were all like finalists for the real yeah. world. So the casting process that you all had to go through was a lot uh, more in depth than the, than the casting process they have now for bringing people on reality TV and the challenge. It's like, it used to be, are you dynamic? Are you multidimensional? Do you have a lot of layers to your personality? Are you opinionated? Are you strategic? Are you athletic? Now it's like, do you like to get drunk and hook up? Perfect. You're cast. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the only caveat to that, I would say that I really love the Brits. I think that they, love the Brits. A, they have like a, amazing people that come out of there. And I feel like it's kind of in the same vein of how casting used to be because they don't give a shit. They have banter. They have their own personalities. They stand mm -hmm. up for themselves. That was something that I noticed on war of the worlds too. I think it was that I was on yep. um, with you was that even the rookies, they, yep. they stood their ground. When I spoke to them, they weren't afraid. A lot of times when you talk to a rookie and you say, what, what are your thoughts? Are, are you willing to vote this way? What are you thinking? They have zero opinion. And the Brits I found have like this vivacious, uh, personality that they bring. And I was really happy with that, but other, like I could, I could take or leave everything else, you know? I guess when I'm talking about the, 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 the people they cast now, there are a lot of cast members coming on from like one and done television shows, right? Whether it's Survivor or whether it's Big Brother or whether it's Love Island or, or a lot of the other shows that they've been, been, been pulling from. A lot of these cast members have had this like momentary glimpse of like fame or stardom or popularity or whatever you want to call it. And then as soon as their show's over and the next season comes, they are yesterday's news. So I think a lot of them are coming on trying to like recapture that lightning in the bottle or recapture that like little, that fleeting bit of fame. And it comes out as like desperation. It's kind of like with a lot of like the old school challenges. Again, we knew we were going to get the call back every season. It was more <laughs> up to us whether we were going to be back more <laughs> so than it was to the network. So we knew that it was like, all right, whatever, this season's fucked. Next season, I'll, I'll come back stronger or I'll, or I'll make up for it next season. 
Whereas if you have someone that's like, I don't know if I'll ever be called again, and I'm going to do everything I can in my power to be as obnoxious as I possibly can to try and get the call back, it comes off Ugh. again as, as desperate. Oh my God. Desperation is the worst. But do you know what they started doing? They stopped casting those stupid ass people. So I'm kind of <laughs> happy about that. <laughs> so yeah, and then okay, so then Fresh Meat comes along. We can agree that Fresh Meat One was just a great cast of characters. But I mean, look, we got you, we got uh, Teresa, we got your best friend Cara Maria off Fresh Meat Two. Um, so I mean, that was that was a, a a decent a decent bunch. I mean, the three of you have had a pretty illustrious challenge career. Do you, do you not agree? Uh, definitely Cara. I don't know about Teresa, but I mean, listen, Teresa's she's 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 done she's 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 done enough. Okay, so yeah, she's good. I mean, she's annoying, but <laughs> <laughs> she's irritating all of the time. But um, you mean the Wisconsin her 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 Wisconsin twang? You don't you don't dig that? No, I don't mind her accent. That's not okay. that's not it. It's her attitude. She's got like a weird attitude, don't you think? Yeah, I do. I I I do. Me and her have never. We've never per- personally like had any any issues but i've had people close to me like leroy who has and i mean dude that was that was just insane i I saw that happen when we were in uh we were in norway after uh x's two and they had this dude it it it, it was bad i mean part of it was because there was a little relationship there throughout the season and then it kind of ended and it was like this weird stage but man yeah leroy went through a room and asked for twenty dollars and you and you she almost killed him Never seen a man almost die over twenty dollars. Um, you coming into invasion, we're nine and zero in eliminations, which is an absolutely you know impressive uh, elimination record. And you were always a dominant force in every challenge that that you were in. Now you obviously have a, a background in athletics. You played volleyball. But there's a lot of people who come on the challenge and they think because they played sports and because they were good at sports in college. That it that that those that skill set is automatically going to transfer over to the challenge, and it rarely does. What is it about you? What would you say that it is about you that I guess you have the athletic side, but you also have like you also just have this like innate ability to like understand, play the game, strategic and 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 just you just you kind of check all the boxes when it comes to what it takes to be a successful uh, challenge competitor. <laughs> Laurel's really Laurel's really thinking about this one, guys. I know if you, you probably don't see this, but you can tell the, the, the wheels are turning. <laughs> well, because you know it's an interesting question, and sure, you can have an athlete that can do a drill, right? But can do not all athletes can think and do the drill. So those athletes that do that stand out more so is that they think on their feet, right? So they have the physical capabilities, but then they also have the mental capabilities. And nowadays people talk about the ability of a contestant or a challenger or a player to have like that mental capacity. But back like before, I don't think anybody gave me any credit for that, which was basically, I always felt like an underdog, which is funny because nobody liked me. Everybody, you know, like I was telling you earlier, they were trying to get under my skin, which like it, 
It manifested itself in them talking behind my back, talking shit about me, telling me how horrible I am, telling me that, you know, like that I am this or that. And I had never dealt with those things before. And so like, it was a huge mental game. And I think that that's just the, the extra component there is that, you know, if you're not mentally strong or mentally able to make decisions in the moment, um, and like go with those decisions, then that's where people fall short because you can have some, you know, dummy saying I have to run back and forth, but if they're running back and forth and they're missing the, the, you know, main point that somebody fell down on their team, let's say, and then, you know, sure they made it first, but then, you know, the team loses because they didn't, they didn't factor that in. So I think a lot of it has to do with just like the the ability to think. And then another element to it is I think it's maybe just my personality. Um, like I was a child that like, when I was like a year old, my mom said that I, she would leave me in the kitchen for like a minute and I, she'd come back in and I'd be at the top of the cabinets in with the pots and the pans being like, mommy, what's this stuff? You know, like just, she was like, what am I going to do with my child? Like I, I can't keep her in the crib. I can't uh-huh. keep her in the seatbelt. She's taking things apart and getting <laughs> out of things. And those, all those things combined. So like it's working hard and being an athlete my whole life. So starting from sixth grade until, um, in college, you know, I I stopped after college, but, um, and then like (laughs) just using my brain and then also just really loving adventure. Like I love adventure. I I'll look at something and I'll be like, Oh, I want to go. And like, walk on that, like a balance beam and see if I don't fall in the water. But if I fall in the water, no big deal. And the challenge is just like an amplified that. So, I mean, I always wanted to go on guts when I was like a kid. Do you remember the show guts on Nickelodeon? I do. Yep. Yep. I always wanted to go on guts. I always wanted to go on fear factor, which we ended up going on and fuck you for beating me. I hate you. (laughs) I can't believe I got partnered with Anissa. We beat Anissa. We didn't beat you, Laurel. We beat Anissa. So frustrating. You know what? I I, I shouldn't have said this. I knew I shouldn't have said this before we went on fear factor. I was like, I said something about like not wanting to be partnered with Anissa to partner, to partner me with you. And of course they partnered me with Anissa. Of course. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. What you should have said, what you should have said is I, I, I hate bananas so much. I want that guy to die. I never want to be on a team with him. Anissa's my best friend. And it would have been the exact opposite. I know. We all make mistakes, Johnny. That was a big mistake. I know. We all do. We all, it's, it's, you know, it's not about the mistake you make. It's about what you learn from that mistake. Um, I feel like what separates you from a lot of other competitors is your ability to perform under pressure and when it, and when it counts the most. And I feel like the reason that you have the ability to do that is because you have the ability to turn off your emotions. Okay. I used to think you're, you were devoid of emotions. Cause I'm like, she's like a cyborg dude. Like there are certain times before me and you, cause we had our little, you know, we had our little hiccups in the beginning where we didn't necessarily get along. And I remember looking at you and being like, I, I don't think like this, the way that she like sees the game, like she completely takes emotion and fear and is not swayed by those things. And I, and, and, and in the challenge, there are so many people that make so many mistakes because 
They're afraid of what their decision is going to do. Oh, how is this person going to be mean to me? Are they going to be mad at me? Are they going to come for me? So they won't make a decision because <laughs> they're scared. Or they're like, oh my God, I feel bad because we're friends, even though I met them three days ago. And it's those people that have such a hard time performing well in the challenge because you never want to make decisions based on fear and emotion. And unfortunately, the majority of the people there do. You, you play the game like, I mean, like a serial killer sometimes, dude. You just like <laughs> comple up. completely no emotions. And that's the way you have to do it. When it comes, doesn't matter how you are outside. I, I, in the real world, Laurel, I know you very well outside of the show. And you are like one of the kindest, sweetest, you have the biggest heart. Like, dude, you're you're incredible. But on the show, it's like you flip a switch, like any great athlete does, and you're you're a killer. Yeah. I guess. Um, I've heard that, you know, <laughs> like obviously people say these things. I don't think that of myself. I think, I think I just get like really quiet and everything is internal with me. And people used to tell me all the time, like, I can't read you. And I realize now that that's just because I didn't talk about like what I was feeling or talk about what I was thinking. And I, I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that I'm an only child, so like, I'm not really like, or was not the biggest communicator. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I process everything, um, like on the inside. And so that causes problems for other people, but yeah, also the whole emotion thing, why would that even be a component to playing a game? Do you know what I mean? Like, why should I feel bad? Why should I, you know what you I shouldn't. mean? It's you should so, so yeah, I, I didn't know that that was unique, but um. oh, it's very it's very unique. People have a very hard time when they're on the challenge distinguishing reality, like television reality, from like real life, and I think that's where the the the, the, the problem lies. And I always say that the Johnny bananas that you were talking to right now on this podcast would not survive on the challenge because I, again, like a lot of people. And I think you have to like flip a switch and you have to change kind of who you are. You almost go on with like a coat of armor in a way. And you have to, again, just be a different, more, you know, over the top, uh, emotionless version of yourself in order to survive in that fucking snake pit or, you know, pool of sharks or whatever you want to call it. It's a weird environment, man. Like Laurel, like we've subjected ourselves to some really strange times. No, no, I agree. We agree. <laughs> we agree there. Um, we agree fundamentally. I think we agree fundamentally on a lot of like game moves. And so that's how it, it always ends up like that you kind of coincide with someone on the show, or at least that's how I go about it. Cause I never, unlike some people, I never go and call anyone up before I go on a challenge. I don't even tell anybody that I'm going to go. I just show up and whoever thinks the same as you, you kind of end up aligning with. And that works for me. So we haven't seen you in a bit uh, on the challenge, unfortunately, to, uh, you know, a lot of people just made, but I know you're doing amazing things out there. You're like the, the new Dr. Pole. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> Laurel is now a veterinarian. Right. Almost, almost. Almost. All right. Well, whatever. You're, you're, in a you're couple, a in a few months. Yes. I will be Dr. Laurel Stuckey, which is Dr. so interesting. Dr. Stuckey. <laughs> so next time you come on a challenge, is that you're going to put that on your Jersey? You have to be Dr. You have to be Dr. Laurel. All right. Nah, I think I want to yes. leave that. I, le I want to leave that out. <laughs> the first time you and I met 
I don't know if you remember, was on Cutthroat. Yes, I do remember. We might have met, had we met off the show yet? Because I knew you and Kenny stayed friends uh, yeah, off I the think, show. We had. I think we did like, you know, in New York at some point we went out because I was hanging out with Kenny a lot then. I lived in New York. He lived, I think, in New Jersey still. Um, and he, you know, we had become friends because of Fresh Meat. And so I think I saw you because you guys are friends too. So it came along. Now, going into Cutthroat, that was, I feel like, when the challenge was still, I mean, it, it, it was still in its in its heyday, right? Um, we had, like, that awesome intro. I wish they didn't, they don't do intros anymore. I know, I know. Dude, I got to, like, fly around in a Ferrari, and they got to, like, get off a private jet. Now it's just, I don't even know, we don't do anything anymore. That was the fun part, though. You'd get there, and then you'd have like a couple of days. You do some fun things, and then you start the game. I don't know why they don't do that anymore. It's disappointing. They should. I mean, especially now with the fans kind of voicing the fact that they want something to change. I feel like why wouldn't they just go back to the old recipe of what works? I don't. I, that's not how they work. They just. I, I don't know. It's almost one of, like one of those things, like. You know, if, if if the stove's hot, don't touch it again. It's like, now nah, we're going to keep touching this just to make sure. I, I I wish they still did the intros. I wish they still gave away prizes. I think that's another. Me too. You get any cool prizes back in the day? Hell yeah. I got a bike. I got a guitar. I got everything, basically. I won, like, all the prizes <laughs> on Fresh Meat 1. I was, like, less concerned about winning the actual challenge. Yeah. And- yeah, I was like getting all the prizes. I'm like, give it to me. Everybody was so frustrated because they're like, oh, she's winning again. And I'm like, get used to it. <laughs> it's like, who wants to win a final? I want a fucking Schwinn scooter. Um, <laughs> Cutthroat was uh, the second time they kind of had a little, uh, I don't know if I'd call it a blunder. Maybe maybe just like a, a, a lapse of judgment. The elimination round. You remember what the elimination round was called? The gulag. Do you know what a gulag is? Like. A what? torture a, chamber. Yeah, it, it was like a Ru- it was like a Russian prison camp where like people like yeah. lost their lives. And we go to the Czech Republic, a place where probably people were putting actual gulags. And we're like, yeah, we're gonna fuck around and you know use our elimination for this. Yeah, it was scary. I don't like cutthroat. It had like we were living in this like decrepit house, and I it was Haunted. very it was very that was my least favorite challenge. I don't know if it was my least favorite. Here's the thing. I think what they used to get away with before on challenges, there's no no shot in hell that they would be able to do it. Now, remember the first challenge? Do you remember the first one, the gas chamber challenge? Yeah, that was fun. That that was fun? Yes, so you, they're all fun. This so, you, is- so you are a sicko, Laurel. Well, so are you. I know I am, but that's not fun <laughs> to me. Me running into a, 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 a an enclosed ammunition bunker and getting sprayed in the face with pepper spray, all right? It's not, was not my idea of a good time. I'm like, this is sick. You're such a wuss, Johnny. Okay. Listen, (laughs) first of all, they did not spray you in the face with the goddamn pepper spray. It was wafting in the air. Oh. Okay. Mm. So it was not like you got sprayed right in your eyes. And if you closed your eyes like this and just had like very small slits and you could, you could, reduce the amount of pepper spray that went in your eye and everybody else just walked in with their eyes straight open and then snots coming out of their nose. Yep. They're dying. That was and me. I mean, they were dropping like flies. You included apparently. 
I didn't drop like a fly, but I had a very, I didn't do the eye slit thing, okay? And I'm pretty sure that it was more than a waft. I'm pretty sure I got- Wasn't, wasn't your freaking dad in the military? Like, yeah. get your act together, Johnny, come on. You yeah. can survive that. Well, he was, Stop I was being a baby. I wasn't, I just have very sensitive skin and the pepper spray got into my pores. Oh my God. It did. It was oh the worst it, because even after what sucked about that challenge was like, even after we got back to the house, because I had been wafted, as you would say, with pepper spray <laughs> so many times, I didn't realize this, but like it had like seeped into the pores of like my arms and in my face. And it wasn't until I took a hot shower because people don't know this, but like pepper spray has like, you know, capsaicin or whatever, which is that oily pepper shit. And then like, because like I got in the hot shower, my pores opened up, like all of that pepper, like seeped into my pores and my face and my arms were on fire for like three hours. Oh so, so bad, dude. I was like, what are we doing here? That, that's one of those challenges. Do you remember those challenges? I liked it. I liked it because I'll tell okay. you why, because it why. separates, it separates the fucking <laughs> people that can't hang with the people that can you see them immediately go down All and right. it's like okay off of my radar off of my radar off of my radar okay i will pick oh. this person if i need to i i can i can trust that this person can hang in this situation this person's an absolute loser i'm voting them out that's how i think so when you saw me in the gas chamber coughing and snotting all over the place and getting pepper spray wafted in my eyes, which category did I fall in? You're like, uh, we weren't, we weren't on the same team. So Doesn't at matter. that point, at did that you, point, I wasn't watching you. I was trying to beat you. You judged me. I didn't because I couldn't see you in there. Hmm. I was trying to figure out the puzzle. So that's, so I was wondering, I was like, why did it take Laurel and I so long to like get on the same page and start working together? And now I realize it's because the first challenge we ever did together, <laughs> she judged me for being a pussy in a gas chamber. All right. Well, glad we got to no. the bottom of that. No, but actually, Johnny, I had good feelings towards you. So I don't oh, you know. What, you know what? Yeah. Because I, Ex I explain understand these, that you're explains saying. These, explain these feelings. Well, because, because. Kenny had said, Hey, Johnny's going to be there. He's, I'm going to tell him like that. I want, you know, I want him to look out for you. Do you know what I mean? So like, it was that automatic connection that I felt that I could go and talk to you. And I, I remember like going and talking to you and I feeling like you were the only one that I could talk to because of that connection. So I, I, I'm just going to chalk it up to, I was overwhelmed. Okay. It was my second show ever. If I called you an asshole, it was because probably everyone else was calling you an asshole. And I was just Fair. parroting what other people were saying. And I hadn't Fair. formed my own opinions and being on TV is overwhelming and a hard thing to transition to, which I feel like now I'm, I'm okay with the whole, like it's a television show and the production element, all those things. But that takes a while to get used to. You it had does. been in it for, a while at that yeah. point. So just please excuse me for anything that I may have done. <laughs> that oh, we'll get made in, you mad. Uh, no, that didn't make me mad. I was just, no, I, I just, I was just wondering because then on future seasons, we still, we'll get into it, but even on future seasons, it was still like we were on opposite sides of the house and I just didn't really understand what the you know, what, 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 uh, where that bet began, but now I'm starting to figure it out. Um do you remember the rock quarry? Remember that, like the, the, the death zone? Yes. 
So we did like, I mean, it seemed like every other day we're going to this rock quarry. Apparently I know. The, the, the farmlands of the Czech Republic just didn't offer very many areas to do challenges. This right. rock, this rock quarry was arguably the highest fall we've ever done. Usually when they, they have us on a platform, it's like 25 feet. They say it's 30, but it's 25. This was 40 fucking feet, like all day long. Remember we had to, so we had to do that first one. We had like, it was called bedhead or whatever. We had to jump yep. from one platform to the next. And Katie Doyle. I on that. Not as bad as Katie. Well, she's just, she's uncoordinated. <laughs> De- decapitated herself. Like, hit the, well, she hit- landed on her face. <laughs> like, it's just. Her and Chet both went down. He, he concussed himself. But I think that was because one of his, his partner like fell on his head. Brandon Nelson almost drowned. I still remember that. Help, help, help. And that was like, <laughs> I think that was before we had like rescue divers. Now they're like all over the place. But yeah, that was, uh, yeah. that was something else. That actually, I just posted a picture on my Instagram where they did like one of the shit that shit that you should have shown thing where I was like, they wouldn't let us eat during the quarry. Like they wouldn't like, I don't know if you remember, but they, we weren't taking like proper breaks for food and I would get starving. And so I like was putting like granola bars in my spandex to like yes. eat. Yes. That and they was caught the same. You. Co- yeah, that was then? Okay. No, that was such a great moment, dude. I actually just, <laughs> I don't know where I saw it, but I saw it the other day too, where you're sitting there, TJ's going over the rules and all of a sudden they, they got a shot of Laurel from behind sneaking a granola bar out of her, out of her, Compression shorts. That was amazing. But the way that they form the questions in the interview, just for everyone's sake, like, so I did post that little clip on my Instagram, but the way, like, this is TV for you. They go, what do you think about Laurel pulling a candy bar out of her ass? And then everybody's like thinking that I pulled a candy bar out of my legitimate butthole instead of putting it in my spandex to save it for later. And so you see everyone's reactions being like, what? Like, what the hell? Wouldn't it be the weirdest thing a cast member ever pulled out of their ass? You know, Kyle had a syringe shoved up his ass for the entire run up the Rock of Gibraltar. Shut up. Yeah, it was like- Why in his, what you mean like in his butt or in his crack? Up his asshole. Why? Why in his asshole? So he's diabetic, all right? This was his first season of the challenge. So he had, it was his, uh, it was his insulin needle. And he thought that if they, that if, they, that if production found out that he was diabetic, they were going to kick him off the show. So he put a, an insulin pen in a condom, shoved it up his ass. Okay. Ran up the rock of Gibraltar with this thing shoved in his ass, spent the night standing up, holding an ammo box in this cave, then ran up the rest of the way the next day. Talk about dedication. Never took it out. They don't make them like that anymore, Johnny. No, no, no. That's the type of that's the type of motivation that you need to, to, to succeed on the challenge. See, so that's that's the thing. So if so, so now we know if Laurel sees someone, you know, crying over pepper spray, she's going to judge them. But if she sees someone shove a needle up their ass and run up a mountain, that's Team Laurel all day. Love it. <laughs> oh my god. Some other memorable moments from Cutthroat. I don't know if uh, you remember absinthe that was like the first time i think i was ever introduced to absinthe remember that night we we're at the bar and i punched that guy down the the, the 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 stairwell yeah that was i blame that on absinthe anyone who's never listen they sell fake absinthe in the in, in the states when you're in europe in like the czech republic and you're drinking like legit absinthe that has like the wormwood in it and it's like i was on another planet and that was when the, yeah. they didn't they didn't give a shit they were just like hey man I was lighting my thumb on fire. I was having a good old time until uh, that idiot got my, you know, got in my face and slammed my finger in the door. And then the rest was, uh, and then going, I had to get my eyes stitched up. I and I remember I, that. I, I remember going to like this 
Czech hospital. It was the. Oh my f- God. The Czech Dude. hospital was really bad. What'd you go for? I went for because I just got ill all of a sudden. Like I must have gotten Dude. some sort of it's virus. Like a horror, and it was I like was, a horror uh, movie. It, it, it was very scary because I mean, obviously when you don't speak the language and it's symbols instead of like letters, it's very, it's, it was, it's just very weird. Um, that was before they really had any like restrictions though. They let you drink whatever <laughs> you want. You just as long do as whatever. you were paying for it. They didn't, they were <laughs> like, we're, Hey guys, it's out of our hands. We're not paying for it, but you guys have a blast. Drink exactly. whatever the fuck you want. 10 shots of absinthe later, I almost <laughs> kill a guy and then I end up going to the hospital and they still were like, yeah, this, this seems like, oh, this seems okay. But they showed it. Yeah, kind of. They didn't really capture the, the the best part. They just showed the guy that looked like he was like dead at the bottom. And I remember, I remember being so drunk. All right. And being in so much pain because this guy slammed my finger in the bathroom door and I punched him, not knowing that he was backwards down towards like 20 fucking stairs. And I just remember seeing this guy head over heels falling down the stairs and I'm literally watching this. I'm like, this guy's going to die. And then obviously me me and his friends got in this tussle and I remember leaving productions. Like we got to get out of here now. And I remember walking down the stairs and this guy's lifeless body just laying at the bottom of the stairs. And I remember stepping over him, getting into the bus. And as we're taking off in the bus, there's like police cars like showing up. And I'm like, I almost ended up in a real gulag. That's very Slovak of you. I feel like the fights over there are just insane. I watched a guy, I watched a small Scottish man headbutt like a six foot four, like guide his chin and it just like opened up and bled everywhere. It's on another level over there. Talk about some other memorable moments in the gulag. Do you remember? Um, you might not have seen this. Not, not many people remember this incident. In fact, it's one of the least talked about incidents ever in elimination history. When I got strapped to CT's back and got carried out and thrown over a trash can. I do remember. That was the first time I had ever seen CT in real life. (laughs) (laughs) So you were already judging me for being a pussy when I got sprayed in the eyes with, uh, with uh, pepper spray. Then you see that happen. Okay. I get, I get it. I know now. Now I get it, Laurel. My jaw was on the floor. Yeah. My fucking, my balls were on the floor. My dignity, (laughs) my self-respect, my manhood, all on the floor. Left it in the gulag. What a wild season. That was scary. The gulag was scary. It was scary, man. There was some, there's some weird shit went down. And then the final, you were in the final with Abe and Sarah, right? Abe, Sarah, Kara, Luke, me. And the two of them died. Died. See, that's the thing is I feel like you, well, you know, some people, it's almost like their records don't necessarily reflect like, you know, I feel like you're one of those people where it's like there were so many opportunities that you had and and because of somebody else's mishap, it kind of cost you uh, wins. And I think that was that was one of them for sure. Well, that's why I was always so frustrated and like lashing out is because I'm like, if you weren't here, this would be a different story. (laughs) And like not you, Johnny, but just like whoever I was with in that instance, it's like, what else can I do? There's there's absolutely nothing that I can do. And it's the most frustrating thing to encounter when you really just want to shed yourself of other people, but you can't because of politics. Yeah. Well, and the fact that you're stuck on a team with them too. Yeah. Politics, Mm -hmm. but also it's, here's the other problem is I look at a team like this. I look at it like if I'm, we don't really do the team concept anymore, but when we did, it's like, all right, who's holding us back? Who's our weakest, weakest link? Cause in the final, you know, you're only going to be as fast as, as your slowest person. 
And there are so many people who don't look at it like that. They're like, oh, but we like to hang out and drink wine together. And like, we're friends and it doesn't matter. It's not what we're talking about. Outside of the show, you guys be friends all you want, drink all the wine you want. Are they going to help us in a final? Are they are they a net gain or are, are they a net positive or a net negative to the team? And that's the problem is a lot of people don't see it like that. And yeah, it's it's just a, a different mentality. And, and it's it's frustrating as hell to be on stuck on teams with people who have that mentality, which is why I'm glad that they really kind of shied away from the teams. And now it's a much more individual game. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Ice Tea. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So Cutthroat was, so you and Cara obviously had met on uh, Fresh Meat too. You guys seemed to be friendly on on Cutthroat, but then the next season was Rivals. Uh, you and Cara Maria came into the show Rivals. So I don't really remember like what transpired between Cutthroat and, and Rivals, but what was like the genesis of your guys' rivalry, you and Cara Maria? Just that she annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you always laugh at what I say? <laughs> I was expecting like some drawn out story. Well, like, let me tell you, here's what happened. No, it's like, uh, she just, she annoyed me. Yeah. You said that she's like, she was like your annoying little sister, but, but you guys were, but, but I'm saying you guys were friends. Yeah. She annoyed you, but you guys were still cool. Was there like some sort of like a, I don't know, falling out, a blow up you guys had, was there a particular incident where something went down where it kind of like led to, you know, you guys having this, this very long standing, very real feud well you know i think this is a, a whole like the whole aspect of television production as well like the words best friend never came out of my mouth that was a thing that they were trying to push as a storyline for a long time Kara was so absent-minded to the production element of the show that she's like yeah my best friend my best friend my best friend this and i'm like don't you have any other friends? Like I have no. the, like best <laughs> friends that I've had forever. And I just met you. You're not my best friend. And so like, I'm a little bit more standoffish in that sense. And so like that was, that fundamentally was something that annoyed me about her. Also like the way that she went about kind of like taking in the world as if she, it was the first time she had ever seen anything and like playing this role of like vapid, like, I don't know girl, but that's not who she is. She's actually really fucking smart. So I didn't like that either. Um, what do you think that, uh, what do you think that was? Cause here's what I've always said about Cara. I feel like Cara 
And it can't be chalked up to the only child thing because you, like you said, are an only child and and you, I think, have a much better grasp on just people and the world and, and whatever. I feel like Kara was like, she was almost like a shapeshifter where every season she came on with like a different persona. I remember Cutthroat, she came on and she was all into like S&M talking about her, her, her dom and dressing up in latex. Then she came on and she was a horseback rider. Then she came on and she was a yoga instructor or a CrossFit instructor. And I just felt like she just changed. Like it, it, whoever she spent time with, that's kind of like the, 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 the persona that she absorbed. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that, that whole, um, aloof, I guess, like you said, the way she was just with reality in the world, what do you think like that? Like, what do you think that that came from? So, um, she is a horseback rider. That is definitely fundamentally one of the things that she is. She, I think that it's just a, it's just the car didn't really know who she was and she, you know, was still finding herself in it. It was taking a really long time for her to find herself. So like, just when a kid like gets really invested or likes something, that's all they do for that amount of time. And like, then they move on to something next. And I feel like maybe she didn't get a chance to do that growing up. And so she was doing that as an adult. And so at, when, when we're all adults and you've kind of already gone through those phases and then you have an adult that hasn't, it just, it like is socially isolating. And, um, she's a really like, or at least she used to be, I mean, I don't know her anymore, but she's, she used to be a really like nice person. Um, just like, I kind of wish that she wasn't playing that whole, like, you know, like what, you know, blah. Yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. just like, kind of like I, it was, it was really frustrating to me for, to like watch her not be herself. And I don't know why that was frustrating to me. It just, it just was. Um, but the reason why, like I started to try and appreciate who her for who she was, was because we were on a team and rivals. And so for bygones, I let bygones be bygones. We're on a team. I've got to appreciate this person. Like it took almost the whole season for me to like get there finally. Um, cause I was reluctant to it because, um, you know, and I, I don't think that I would have hung around her if we weren't partnered together. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, so it's just like really complicated. I think initially, um, the relationship was forced and we do have some shared interests. Like both of us love animals. And like I said, she, um, she used to be really nice, but then she just like, I think what the, the thing that bothered me the most is that she just doesn't know who she is. And it, it took too, it, it was just, it was too draining to be alongside that because I started getting dragged in to some of the bullshit that surrounded her. And I just, she just couldn't see things in the way that I saw them. Like, like I said, I appreciate you because like, you'll say one thing and then I'll say the same thing, but it's not influenced by each other. So, and I'm like, Oh yeah, Johnny and I have the same thought process in that. Same worldview. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So it, it just, it's just different. Yeah. Different worlds. And so you guys, cause the way I saw it, it was almost like a big sister, little sister relationship. It seemed like it, re- it, it really did. That's the way. And I feel like in the beginning it was okay you, you guys were both comfortable in that role, but, from, but then I remember going on free agents and it was the first time that 
Kara finally was like, I'm going to stand up for myself and I'm not going to let her talk to me like that anymore and created a whole storyline out of it. Now, I know I have to admit, I wasn't necessarily opposed to that because for whatever reason, I don't know why you and I like were not on the same page in free agents. Maybe it was because you and you were you were canoodling with my mortal enemy that season, Jordan. Um, I think that kind of <laughs> had something to do with it because I'm like, wait a minute. How are we going to be friends when you're taking the guy's side who wants to send me home? But anyways, and I almost felt like that was like her season of like, you know, coming into her own. It's like, I'm going to get out of Laurel's shadow and I'm going to be my own person and I'm not going to put up with anymore. I'm not going to let her talk to me like this anymore. I remember there was like this crazy, like power, like it really was like this weird, like, you know, power struggle going on between the two of you. Uh, yeah. Well, which was something that I didn't, something that I didn't like because I, I didn't like the fact that she like, instead of coming and talking to me personally, she decided to make a television show of our personal relationship. Yep. I don't appreciate that at all. And I would never do that to somebody that I called a friend. I would talk to them one-on-one and if the fucking cameras happen to catch it, good on them. But yep. you like, I'm not there to film an entertainment reality show. I'm there to win money, play games and have fun. And like, ultimately try and win as best I can, whatever they catch about my personality, whatever they catch about, you know, my love life or whatever they catch about anything that I do on the show is 100% natural, not contrived. And that's how I think it should be. And so it, it just, that, that was another like thing that irked me to the core was first of all, I thought I felt that she was being heavily influenced by other people because other people were in her ear saying, Oh, you know, like you shouldn't put up with this or you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't do this. And like, it's, it's, it's just, it falls in the same vein of she just is so influenced by anyone who says anything to her. Yeah. So I, I can relate to this whole, it's funny, man. And this actually just occurred to me when I was kind of like, going through like what I wanted to chat with you about Tony and I's relationship, you know, Tony, obviously Tony and I's relationship started off in a very similar fashion. When we came in the bloodlines, Tony was like my little brother. And I remember I used to like refer to him as like a Labrador puppy, dude. Like this guy was just this big dopey animal that would go around and knock shit down and whatever. And he was totally, that was our relationship. I didn't necessarily see him as like, I didn't necessarily look at Tony like he was below me, but I did look at it like, yo, I'm kind of like the the older guy. I've been here. You're the younger one. And it almost like we fell into like this older brother, younger brother relationship. And it was so weird because that was kind of the way our relationship went until we got on vendettas. And all of a sudden, Tony came into vendettas and I don't know what changed in his mind, but he's like, I need to get out of Banana's shadow. Okay. I need to make sure that you know, I established my own character and I don't want to be the little brother of the puppy anymore. Now, this is all fine and great. I just wish he would have told me that this is where his head was at. And this is the way that he felt, because you want to talk about the ultimate blind side. I mean, there's this guy that I had gotten out of more sticky situations, preventing him from making more fucking mistakes on the show and out of left field without even telling me, actually not even not telling me, assuring me that my name wasn't going to be said. He goes down and makes this huge moment of it, you know, for TV. And I saw that as a couple of things. I saw that again, as Tony making a name for himself on TV. And what's the best way to do that by fucking fucking me over a blindside me, whatever you want to call it. 
And it was his way of like stepping out of my shadow, which is all fine and good. It's just like, wish you would have filled me in on this like crisis, this, this internal crisis you were having, you know? Um, and, and for me, that was like a really, really, I mean, dude, that was a, I don't feel like maybe Sarah was the only other time in challenge history that I felt that betrayed by someone that I considered a, a, a friend, you know? So I, I do yeah. think that there are some, some, some parallels between kind of like your guys's falling out and ours. I will say this though, because, you know, a lot of times when you talk about another person, it, it gets misconstrued. Um, we do not talk now, but that does not mean that I, that I do not, uh, you know, wish her well and hope that she, you know, has happiness and finds happiness. And, um, it's just, it was, it was a reality TV relationship, friendship gone wrong, yeah. you know, like also yeah. it was in the beginning years of us doing television and the whole manipulation element of the production aspect. And, um, just even being on the challenge with other people in your ear, yep. saying things, trying to get in between, you know, like it just, it was just doomed from the very beginning. So the challenge is a tough environment to operate in. If you are very self-assured and know who you are and know what you bring to the table and, and have a high self-esteem and confidence, it is an absolute nightmare for someone to go into who doesn't possess those qualities and who isn't sh uh, sure uh, uh, of who they are and, and is not confident because it's like sharks in the way it, it's like shark smelling blood in the water. You know what I mean? It's like Lord of the flies and the, and the weakest ones always get, get picked off first. So, I mean, you just said you wish her well. So, I mean, that, I mean, it sounds like, you know, maybe someday in the future, you guys might, might be cool. Listen, if Wes and I could bury the hatchet, I think anyone can, you know? No, I don't no? think so. All right. I, I, I think, no, I just, I, I just wish her well, you know, I want her to find, I want her to find happiness. And, uh, I think that she was like a strong individual before she got labeled as a strong individual, if that makes any sense. Like, no, it does. If, if you look back at some of the interactions that she had with Jen, for example, that were like, Jen is like a very, uh, scary, can be a very, yeah, she yep. can be a very scary, yep. like, pushy, Spicy. yeah. Yeah. Um, and Cara handled herself very well in those circumstances. So, like, I just personally think that Cara got manipulated by television and it did not do it did not do well for her. I mean, so, it's, it's almost like it, 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 it's almost like a character or a caricature of you is created. And then instead of you dictating how that character develops or how it changes or how it evolves, you just, you try and live up to, 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 to that, to that character. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's gonna, that's never going to work too. You know yeah. what I mean? Didn't yeah. work out. Didn't work out well for Sarah either. I, I always say that, that, what happened, I feel like with Sarah was on Rivals 2, Sarah came into that show as exactly who she is. She was kind of like the lovable loser, puzzle queen, kind of nerdy, but wasn't viewed, you didn't view Sarah as like this, you know, dominant force in the show. Like you didn't look at her like, oh my God, Sarah's here, everybody, holy shit, the, 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 the strongest female that's ever played the game. But after she screwed me over and after she made that move on me, the amount of fucking just absolute like um unbridled like in 
enthusiasm and 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 props that she got. Oh my God, this is the greatest move ever. You you outsmarted the best. Oh, you're the best. You're the this, you're the that, you're the strongest ever. She then came into rivals with that mentality where it's like, no, no, I'm no longer just good at puzzles or whatever. I am the most athletic. I am the most physical. I am the most, you know, dominant person to ever play this game. And that rug got pulled out real quick from her uh, at the end of the show. I feel like that's why she's never been back. But enough about me. Uh, Free agents was your first win. One of my favorite seasons. Did you love free agents? I did. Yeah, that was great. How great was me and, and me and you followed a very similar path in the end. We both won the puzzle pyramid. Give it up. And then <laughs> I wish we would have been paired up longer in the final because that was the first time that I feel like you and I like amazing. I know. Dream, dream partnership right there. It would have been like, eat my fucking dust, you little pants. (laughs) I think we're the only ones that went down in that kayak and didn't either flip over or go down backwards. Yeah, I was talking to my dad uh, about that the other day because um, uh, we were watching The Bachelor and that helicopter landed on the private yacht and you could see the water going like this. And I was like, Dad, imagine kayaking with a helicopter right over you. That's what we have to do on the challenge. Going through class um, four rapids, having (laughs) never kayak they were like oh we need to remember they, they told us the day before they're like all right you guys have a final tomorrow we're gonna like teach you guys um you know what you're gonna be doing so they put us in kayaks remember they had us flip over and then flip back out no i forget that they had the safety guy he taught us how to get in the kayak and if we flipped over how to r- stabilize ourselves again wow i i must have completely forgotten about that because i already know how to do that well they didn't tell us that we were going to be, I thought we we're going to be kayaking across the lake, whatever. They're like, no, you're going to be going down like fucking raging rapids, dude. Like Bigfoot's rapids. Dude. Once again, Johnny, you are embellishing. They were not raging rapids. Yes, they, they were. were. No, they were not. Yeah, they were. It was like little no, waves. No, it was not hard at no all. You're making shot. it seem like it was so much harder than it you're, was. It was. You're downplaying it. No, I'm seriously not. The hardest part was the helicopter above us that almost tilted us over. No, the hardest part. Zach actually got tipped over, I think, because of the... Oh, yeah. It must have been from the tiny little rapids that we were going through. Not the rapids, the helicopter. Stop blaming the helicopter. They were... (laughs) Listen, for those of you who who haven't seen the season, they were massive. Johnny's being a huge baby. It was literally (laughs) a a, a kayak in the the pond, and he's making it seem like it was... Listen, for those of you who have, have you ever seen the movie, The Perfect Storm with Mark Wahlberg? The wave that capsized the fishing boat was about half the size of the rapids we had to go through. My God, no, it was fun. I thought it was fun. I did too. We absolutely smoked that, dude. And it was that like, was so, yeah, that was great. And then uh, I just got stuck with absolute fucking nosebleeds after that. But we stay, we still came out on top though. I know, I know. People always say like, oh, Laurel only beat Nani by nine minutes. And it's like, because I was stuck with fucking Zach for 50 minutes too. I don't even know how long laying down crying. <laughs> like imagine <laughs> if I was with you on that one, I would have like. Oh my God. That was terrifying too though. And I know you're going to downplay that too, but we had to climb like a 900 foot rock wall using like these rebar you do you remember that the day before they showed us they're like all right here's a carabiner you have to unclip and clip this one every time you go up don't ever have both them unclipped at the same time they didn't tell us why but basically we are on a we're like free soloing up this like rock face in in uh was it argentina or chile i forgot where the hell we were chile i think 
It was Chile because we had to climb the it volcano. It was Chile. Yeah, Pucón. I'm up there looking down and I'm like, oh my God, dude. I'm hanging on to these rebar handles. God forbid something goes wrong. How do you get down? Nani's fucking bawling her eyes out crying. I'm trying to like keep my cool. And it wasn't until I heard Zach like moaning like a child that I was like, all right, this isn't so bad. And you were stuck with him. That was amazing. <laughs> so amazing. Oh, the fact that you passed me, I was so pissed. I know. I was I know, so I pissed. Uh, I would be too. Dude, but you gave it to him. Dude, I don't think anyone <laughs> has ever been, I don't think anyone has ever just been like demasculated and just undressed the way Zach was on that mountain face, Laurel. You, you <laughs> did not hold back. You know, the funny thing was, I was holding back because I was afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid that he was going to just straight up quit and then it would be not done for me. Yeah. So I had to, I had to like run that border of encourage him, but don't make him quit. Cause he was threatening to me. I'm going to quit then. I'm just going to quit. Yeah. And like, it would have been over if he would have quit. Yeah. So I don't know. I blacked out and. Well, you still won. And I, I again, I think that was a, a much, much deserved win. Uh, yeah, it was way long. Congrats to you too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That well, was a rough season for me, man. That was, a, I had to take down like that whole fucking alliance. Um, yeah. Invasion. Obviously this is, uh, we're, we're getting closer. Invasion. Uh, in my opinion, biggest missed opportunity in challenge history. How are you going to bring the best that have ever played the game to play against a bunch of rookies? And then make us go against each other. Like what, what <laughs> the fuck was that? I'm still pissed about that. I'm still pissed about that. I know. They don't think things through. Yeah. We're two people down and they still, whatever. Um, that was when you met Nicole. So, uh, so I got to say that was, that should be. Who? <laughs> she now plays, uh, she now plays quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Every time you do that, it's fucking hilarious. No, I thought no, no before. No, Nicole was Andy Dick originally. I'm like Coral. No, I mean, I I'm like, I'm like, is this like celebrity challenge? Why is Andy Dick in the house? And why is Laurel like <laughs> falling for his stuff? I'm dead. Then obviously, I mean, it was a long time in the making, but finally, Laurel and I joined joined forces going into uh, World of Worlds 2. I think we actually spoke before. I don't want to like, you know. I don't want to blow up this whole thing where it's like people never talk before these challenges, but I do think that me and you might have spoken once or twice and been like, we're gonna have we're gonna look out for each other on this season. Mm -mm. I never do that. Okay, well we didn't. But we might have had a phone conversation, but yeah. I would have never I would have never said like I'm gonna look out for someone because I'm only looking out for myself. All right. Well, I, I'm pretty sure you said you're gonna look out for me, but or maybe that was me saying <laughs> I was gonna look out for you. Whatever. Whatever the case is. <laughs> Team America, like we, we had that fucking team absolutely dialed in the way, the, the way, like we were, we were running, we were running shit, not even to put it lightly, like Laurel, like we had everything, especially once you and Josh, and I think all time, one of the most baller moves in challenge history was you and Josh coming together and sending fucking Wes in where he got his ass beat by bear blindsiding him, sending him in. Fantastic, dude. One of my favorite moments of all time. Okay. First of all, let me <laughs> recap something. Uh Oh, uh oh, what did that word? I make a mistake. You right now are claiming that, um, we were running shit, but you were checked out. No, I was not. No world of worlds. One, I was checked out world of worlds. Two, I was fucking locked in. 
Oh, okay. So that's interesting because I remember you saying that you felt like you were checked out, or at least that's, that's what I thought that you had said. No, because remember, because I was the, I was almost like the linchpin between you and Josh sending Wes in. Remember because you guys didn't know each other, but I knew both of you and I'd have one conversation with you and then Josh would be like, I want to send Wes in, but I don't think Laurel's going to do it. And you were like, I want to send Wes in, but I don't think Josh is going to do it. Well, I wasn't there for that conversation, so I have no idea what he told you. It was the same thing. You guys were both telling me the same thing, that you both wanted to send Wes in, but neither, but you guys like weren't super friendly. So I was the one that kind of like mediated the thing. So the first time that I told Josh about the whole West thing was when we had that conversation and it did happen on that surprisingly happened on camera with Josh, but you and I had like separate conversations and after then Josh that. and I yeah, after that. had separate oh, okay, conversations. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were all for that, obviously, because I didn't know on world, the war of the world one West was really, he went in on you, huh? Oh, dude, from the beginning. And I actually saved his ass too. We won. I won the first challenge, the first daily. Could have sent in whoever I wanted. Wes is running around the house fucking shitting himself. He thinks I'm going to send him in. I'm like, Wes, you know what? I'm not that big of a dick. I got you. We're not going to send you in. And then the guy repays the favor. Uh, the neck, the following uh, elimination by sending me in and me getting sent home. So it was total horseshit. After Wes gets sent home then, uh, remember we then... Tell me you remember this. Relic Runner? That was when I really felt like you and I came together after the West thing because I thought that I thought that we didn't really like interact initially th throughout the first part of the, you know, show and like it wasn't like there was anything bad happening there. There just wasn't much happening, right? You were kind of doing your thing. You were speaking your mind in those like group meetings that we were having or team meetings. But then like, I feel like when you I was saw just trying to draw a line, I was trying to draw a line in the sand on our team. And basically it was like, you have Wes running his little show with Cara Maria, Ninja Natalie and Cam and Polly on one side. And on the other side, it was like you, me, Tori, Jordan, uh, I'm probably forgetting. Oh, Leroy. Like I'm probably forgetting some people, but remember, and that was my whole thing was just like, Oh, Ashley was on their side too. It was just keeping that division happening. And we knew that we needed to eliminate one more person on that side of the house. And then we'd have the numbers. And then Tur turbo was just all over the place. Yes. Um, so this is interesting to me because I kind of felt like it just happened naturally. Like, I didn't think that it was like a planned thing. I felt like my decision to send in Wes was because he was being a dickhead. And I heard him talking about how, you know, people were expendable to him yeah. and he could do whatever he wanted. And yep. I just never like that about Wes. I don't like how he speaks like that about other people. And so I brought that to Josh and I said, um, you know, let's throw him in. And then I feel like after that decision, that's when you were like, oh, okay. And that's when everything kind of formed. Like, I felt like it was forming up until that point, like the whole Jordan, Tori, you, me, Josh, that whole thing was, it was kind of like brewing. And then that was the moment where it was like, all right, Johnny, Jordan, Laurel, Tori, yep. we're all on the same team. That's how I felt coming, um, like from my perspective. Um, and it was interesting because that's the most solid 
like alliance, if you will, that I've ever felt that I had because I never really do alliances. I kind of just go and see. It was kind of done out of necessity, too, though. But I mean, once that line was drawn, remember, and it was like Wes was the one that was stirring up all the shit on our team. We're like, we got to get rid of this guy. He's poisoned. Then once he was gone, we had like the power. And then by throwing that relic runner challenge and by sending in who we wanted, dude, had we just lost? Wait, what happened? No, no. We tried to obviously lose to have one of our girls sent in, right? So I knocked Ashley down purposely, but made it look like an accident. And what really fucked us is the fact that the Brits couldn't get it together and didn't nominate the right people to vote because then what ended up happening is what was it? D ended up getting, or wait, how did Ninja Natalie end up getting put in? I forgot, but however the voting went down because they couldn't get it together and they couldn't get on the same page, the person that we wanted to go in ended up not going in and ended up being you, which still, I think it was me who chose Ninja. That's right. Because you got sent in, you got sent in because Uh, Ashley, Ashley was coming to me and saying they were going to throw her in. So I was like, well, let me help you out and let's see if we can get the numbers to send someone else in. So I just arbitrarily picked Ninja. Yeah. I could have picked Cam. I could have picked anyone. I could have picked Kara. Um, but I arbitrarily picked Ninja and then, um, yeah, I don't know how they ended up throwing me in i can't remember how that happened but well, whatever regardless that elimination was 100 set up for you to lose it's like oh yeah we're gonna have a fucking climbing challenge for an american ninja warrior person and i've never been more impressed in my entire life than your performance on that climbing challenge i know listen it still stings i get it, it still hurts me to this day too but dude you fucking smoked that thing you lost on a technicality I've never been more frustrated, let's just say, because I do feel like in the past, like things have been fair. And that was literally just a a big old shit show. And not to mention, um, if I would have come back on that, it would have been like smooth sailing after that. Dude, smooth sailing. That real, that, that one moment. Okay. Which for those of you who didn't watch, okay. Yeah. There was a technicality. She, but you put it in a fucking opening at the top and the location you were supposed to put it both of you guys missed because it was all the way on the bottom on the other side of the apparatus and they had a gopro attached to it it looked like a gopro mount like i even looked at it after and it was dude it was such that was such horseshit like the fact that they didn't stop it i mean they can't i understand they can't foresee the future and everything but dude that was such a kick in the dick because it literally the second we got back on the bus Turbo immediately <laughs> saw which way the power's going. And he immediately flipped sides and it was like curtains after that. The other yeah. side got all the power and it was like, we, we swung for the fences and we were this close away from having complete control of that game. And, um, you know, you live and learn. What are you going to do? Yeah. My first experience with like frustration over like actually feeling like I was like, like a wrong decision was made. No, it's like, no, it was very, it was very weird. Um, because I think that the thing that was the weirdest was that they blew the horn. Yeah, no, it should have been in it. They should have redone it. They should have done like what they should have done was taken all of them out, had one spot open. It should have been a race to the top. Whoever puts it in fucking wins. That's what it should have been. But 
you know, who am I except for an embedded producer? Well, whatever. Whatever. You live and learn, right? Uh, are we going to see you on, on a future challenge? Um, are they still happening? Yeah, they're still happening. I'm not sure when the next one is, but say it was like around, I don't know, late spring, early summer. Is that something you'd be, you'd be down for? That was a joke that didn't land. Um, I know they're still happening. <laughs> oh, okay. You're just not watching. They're just not entertaining no. anymore. All right. Gotcha. I actually never did watch the challenge. Uh, I, I, I think that that you. should be, I think that that should be a criteria before going on. If you don't watch the challenge, then you can go on. I think I could not agree more. Well, if you do just say in the future, I think we should, uh, we should run it back, Laurel. And, um, you know, pick up Why, where we you're left planning off. on coming to. I'm coming back. Fucking I'm I'm coming back and hell's coming with me. Yeah. I mean, um, it should be interesting to see what happens. People ask all the time on, um, like, are you going to come back? And I'm like, we'll just see what happens in terms of timing. So that's the biggest thing. You never know. We might show up. We might have a house that's in like a jungle. There might be a, a monkey with a, with a, you know, sore foot that you might have to you might have to tend to. So I would happily do that if they don't find me for touching it <laughs> or feeding it Gatorade. <laughs> Laurel was Anything. feeding. A, Laurel was feeding our monkey Gatorade. A pair. A pair. No, a pair. Pairs. Yeah. If I know you were giving them bowls of Gatorade. We had this pet monkey. No. Yeah. Yes. No, you, not me. That okay. was not me. See, now I know that you actually <laughs> don't remember things correctly. Before I thought it was me. I'm like, wait a minute. Did I invent this conversation? Now I know. Yes, you were feeding the monkey purple Gatorade. <laughs> was it yes you were um <laughs> well anyways listen laurel it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you for coming on uh we need to do this more often this was a uh, therapeutic to say the least and um good hopefully next time we see you i'm gonna be calling you dr stucky actually no i'm not gonna call you dr stucky but can i have the doctor name you give it to me i'll be dr bananas but it's really dr your name. bananas yeah, yeah sure why not okay all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll trade you. All right. Anything else? Anything else you want to you want to drop before we uh, we head out here? I just hope that whoever's listening um, got their questions answered, even though they're uh, we didn't really. I mean, I yeah, I'm just saying hi to the fans of your podcast. Hi out there to the people. That's the thing that I think kind of like makes it fun these days is like relating to the people that actually watch the show because recently I've been getting a lot of people cause they put, they just put free agents on yep. Netflix, yep. which was huge. huge. And so I've been getting a lot of people like talking to me about, you know, the show now and like, um, interacting with me. And I think that's been the coolest part is like the, like, cause initially when you get feedback from the show, it's like all the negative shit. Yep. But now it's like the normal people that are just messaging me being like, Hey, what's up? And so it's been really positive. And, um, so yeah, just saying, Hey, to all those people out there, I hope you're liking the show. And if you don't like me, don't message me. Cause I will block your ass and <laughs> I will like, Laurel, don't just, block them. Just mute them. Okay. Cause if you block them, they get the satisfaction of knowing that you saw it. If you mute them, you just won't see their shit. And, and they'll think sometimes that Sometimes I reply. Sometimes I reply. I should get my phone out so that I can show you what I say to people. Well, that will be the next episode. All right. And for <laughs> those of you who don't follow Laurel on Twitter, you, you have to because she's hilarious. Last night, my favorite, one of my favorite tweets ever from you. You're like, yeah, I was going to go to the gym, but I just sat and ate cookies instead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you like the fact that I say random things. Because, dude, it's great. That's what makes you great. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Laurel, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've had such a great time catching up. Good luck with uh, 
your future endeavors here. Uh, there's a lot of lucky animals out there that are going to, uh, you know, be under your care very soon, hopefully. Um, and yeah, with that being said, um, can't wait to see you on a future season. Yeah, you too, Johnny. Thanks for the chat. Thank you. No, thank you for the chat and thank everyone else for stopping by the death taxes and bananas podcast where the tea flows like wine and my guests instinctively flock like the salmon of Capistrano. Until next time, I'm Oprah and I love you. Oh, 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 o